You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Justin Fields got the all clear to return as the Chicago Bears starter. And now from here on out for the rest of the Bears season, no matter what happens, it is all about him. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. You can join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you click that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and every day. We are here for you five days a week. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Stat Hero, the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use our promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. On the show today, we find out the full extent of Justin Fields' rib injury, how he's feeling, what he's anticipating dealing with against the Green Bay Packers and moving forward and just kind of generally where he is entering this return to the starting lineup in a big primetime matchup against the division rivals. Then we'll sort of look a little bit more closely at what he needs to do, what we want to see from him, what the Bears are seeing from him, and what we'd like to see from him throughout the rest of the season, where where that growth and where that development needs to come for Fields. And we'll wrap up with the other top injured draft pick. We heard from Tevin Jenkins for the first time since his injury. He played last week, if you might have missed it because it was only on field goal teams. But hey, he's made his NFL debut with his back injury. We'll check in on what that whole process has been like and how he's handling just staying on the bench, maybe for the rest of his rookie year. But let's start with the other rookie season that we're most focused on and that we're most excited about and that means the most right now, and that is one Mr. Justin Fields. Got the all-clear. Matt Nagy officially named him the starter against the Green Bay Packers. Kind of reiterated that that his, you know, that he was never going to, he wasn't losing the job to Andy Dalton again. Like, this was only purely about is Fields healthy and ready to go. And now Dalton also dealing with a finger injury on his left hand. He might not be able to go, and it could be Nick Foles as Justin Fields' backup on Sunday against the Packers, but more importantly, it is going to be Fields. And Fields recovering from the the cracks, and I think he ended up saying three of his ribs were cracked. He's been medically cleared, and he's kind of, you know, more or less downplaying the extent of the injury and kind of, you know, brushing it off at this point. But I, I kind of get the impression, despite him trying to tell you everything is fine, that maybe not, he, he's definitely, well, he's definitely not going to be 100% at this stage of the season, but he, he's not going to let it kind of slow him down or really affect too much of what he wants to do as a quarterback. How did this uh, compare to with what you went through in January and how did what you went for went through previously inform you as you were going through this? Yeah, I think January was uh, way worse. For, by by far, and um, I mean it's same thing pretty much. So, not not really that much of a difference. Just not that uh, not as much pain. How long did it take you to feel normal again? Long time. Um, a long time. I don't even know. Probably like. Plural. I had to sit out like after the season. Probably like four or five weeks. I just didn't do anything to let it fully heal. 
But again, it was way worse. So. Is that a hip thing or a rib thing? It was both. Because January was my hip and my ribs, but this is just my ribs, so, yeah. What was the, what was the specific um, impact or contact that caused it? Was it the hit from... I'm not sure. I, st I, st I, st I, st I still don't know. I don't even think it happened on that play because I didn't get hit that hard. So I think it happened before that last play where I came off. Then I tried to get up and run, and it, it was hurting to run. So I'm not even sure what, what play it happened on. The guy on that play apologized. After yeah, he thought it was that play. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't even think it was. It was that play. So, yeah. How are you feeling pain-wise right now? And, and is the injury? Do you feel limiting you at all? I feel good. I feel good. Like I'll be ready to play. So I, I think that last answer from Fields said said more than the words. Right, reading between the lines, that the question was, you know, uh, how how do you feel? Uh, you know, and he, what he said was, you know, I feel good. I feel like I'll be ready to play, which is not the same as saying no pain or feeling 100%, just that he's, he's good and he's ready to play. And that's, that's very, very different. And so I, I think it speaks a lot to Justin Fields' toughness. That in the comparison there at the very beginning, comparing the rib injury he's dealing with now compared to the injury he had at the end of his college career playing through that you know, in the playoffs for Ohio State and how he felt like that was so much worse than what he's had to deal with now with the Chicago Bears. I think that does in some ways help, you know, that not only has he been through this type of situation before and played through an injury that was worse, because as he said, it involves some hip in addition to the rib, which in terms of NFL quarterbacking, so much of your power from your throw comes from your hips and that part of your core is where the, the force is really generated. It starts in your feet, but your feet is what allows you to get the most force out of your core and then it transfers up through your shoulders and into your arms. And so that's sort of like, that's why it's so critical and why it's so impressive the way Fields was able to battle through that and still play at a high level last year for Ohio State. And so now this is, I mean, not that this is easy by any means, but like comparatively, it should be less of a struggle for Fields. And it leaves me less, you know, less concerned comparatively that like, oh, well, I mean, he's kind of done this before and still played well. So like, obviously I, I I'm concerned about him taking another hit. And that was one of the things he said later in his press conference that like, you know, he's going to try and be more careful, especially right away to avoid hits and try and take fewer than he might have before, just given that the injury has some of that pain and some of that risk to it. But I, I don't know that I'm worried about that drastically changing. I think he, he's going to think of that more in terms of, like, running in the open field as opposed to, like, standing in the pocket. I mean, I am curious to see if it speeds up the delivery a little bit more. But you know, that has also been part of the development process or fields is maybe almost wanting to speed up some of the delivery. And, of course, you don't want to artificially have him be running through plays too quickly and hurting the offense as a result. But that's one of the things the Bears kind of point to as a part of where they have seen some growth. And it's more about knowing when to get rid of the ball quicker and process things quicker versus when you can and should hold on to the ball longer. We'll get into some of this nuance of, of Justin Fields' development and where we want to see more and better and what, just what, what this final quarter plus of the season should bring for the Bears rookie quarterback next on Locked On Bears. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Of course, winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know exactly who or what you're up against. But Stat Hero is the first-of-its-kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head -head fantasy matchups, and of course, winner-take-all. So Stat Hero, what they do is they show you the house lineups, the lineups you're going to be playing against. You see them first before you play, and then you can handpick the team you want to face them 
one-on-one. It's kind of a, a never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid kind of in between. And it's got stat hero players clocking odds that are over four times better than traditional daily fantasy sports because you're not competing against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat hero puts you in control of your fate. You're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for. And stat hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use our promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on, promo code L O C K E D O N. Terms and conditions apply. I'm curious to see how Justin Fields is able to apply what he's learned so far this season as a starter, what he's learned back on the bench while injured, watching from the sideline. One of the things he had talked about was just kind of picking up on some more of the nuances and really getting to spend a lot of time with with Nick Foles, watching Andy Dalton, and then also being able to talk to Dalton about what happens on the field and what he sees on the field. And not that it was some you know, great revelation being back on the bench. Like, you know, there was this argument of like, well, maybe Fields needs to sit down and get more time on the bench. And Fields basically kind of, he wasn't asked that directly, but basically kind of said like, yeah, I mean, I learned some stuff, but like I need to be out there to really learn the main thing to really get better and have that improvement is on the field, which is kind of the, the point we've been talking about all season long here in the Lockdown Bears podcast from before the, reg- before the regular season started. It was like, he needs to play to get better. You know, some quarterbacks need to sit. Maybe Mitch Trubisky could have needed to sit a little bit more. Some quarterbacks come in a little bit more raw and need the more of that mental processing on the sideline. Field is more in that you know, where he gets it from Ohio State and he's running a similar offense, but he needs he needs those reps with his teammates and he needs he need, you know he needs to work on his footwork, for example. And he needs to continue to sort of master the offense and master a bunch of these you know the sort of again the little things because we talk a lot about how Justin Fields has made some of the hard things look easy, but sometimes it's been some of the simple things that have been a little bit more difficult than they should be, or just that's where we're seeing some of the mistakes, and that's where, you know, he really, I think, just needs that time and that experience, and I thought Matt Nagy did a good job of of sort of encapsulating where they've seen a lot of that growth from Justin Fields so far to kind of give us a sense of where he's picking back up from as he returns to the starting lineup. Beyond Beyond what Justin did in the second half at Pittsburgh, what signs can you point to maybe from the practice field or whatever in the last four or five weeks where you say, you know what, yeah, yeah we, we are seeing progress in, in these areas? Yeah, the, I always go back to um, not so, the, the practice habits, his tempo and practice, completions, balls, the, the, the footballs, you know, being completed and not on the ground, and then taking that to the game where his decision-making, the ball's out, you know? So, like, if we have a drop back, it's three-step timing, ball's out growth from early on in the season, right? We have a five-step timing. It's a hitch throw, right? Ball's out. Um, if there's, a, if there's a, a play where it's a progression where he goes one to two and, and he knows that three's a check down, it's not there, right, right to the run, right? He takes off, uses his legs. That stuff has happened faster. It's not, it's not so much of a delay, and that's normal. And that's the growth that I've seen with him. Um, and he was starting to really get into that. And then on top of that, I think he also puts his stamp on certain plays, whether it's a special throw, whether it's a great run in certain situations. That's the growth that we felt on top of just being able to make quick decisions in a normal first and second down play. So I think those are some of the talking about making the easier things 
look easy you know, or making the simpler things less difficult, right? In terms of getting rid of the ball quickly and being able to sort of know sometimes when you do need to take the check down or, or go to the easier plays. And it's like you don't want to, you know, uh, put a cap on or limit or hamstring fields anyway by you taking away or discouraging the big playability and some of the different things that make him special. And that's what Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy kind of talked about at the end there of like, you know, him putting his stamp on plays. You still absolutely want him to do that but you know there are occasionally plays or, or throws or routes where you know it's a quick you know quick curl to the sideline which is frustrating in this offense that how often Matt Nagy runs curls you know there was a I don't remember who it was on Twitter posted a, a thing of, of Allen Robinson's route and he's like near the top of the league in percentage of routes he's run that are hitch and curl routes and I mean it's frustrating how much that is a part of the Bears offense but that's also not something that Fields does particularly well so like if you want a silver lining it a little bit like it is pushing Fields in that way because that was one of the frustrations you know right away in the Cleveland game is that you know and, and in the first couple of games for Fields especially with Matt Nagy as the play caller right away was that like they were tr it seemed like they were trying to make him to be this quick rhythm west coast quarterback and really sort of you know jam him as a square peg into the round hole of the offense and it was laser that kind of opened things up a little bit more to fields's suit but at the same time like you do want him to grow in that way because those are i mean every quarterback has to be able to hit some of the quick throws i mean no offense goes completely without those and not that fields wasn't able to hit them at all but just like being able to fire that off in rhythm and because for fields it has been a lot from a, a issue standpoint in his footwork. It's something we've been kind of keeping tabs on, and we saw it be a bit more of a problem earlier in the season, and I'm, I'm curious to see how it sort of develops here in the second half of or this, this sort of second stretch for him that, like, sometimes he'll just, you know, he won't properly step into one of those easy throws because he'll just kind of, you know, he'll be bouncing on his toes and just want to fire the pass off when he sees it and not really actually, you know, transfer the weight from the back foot to the front foot. Not that you want him to slow down per se, but just, you know, do all the steps, right? Don't just arm it in there sometimes. I mean, and and, it, and I think that's an area where I'm looking, you know, not just, not specifically on like curl routes, but just quicker throws from the pocket to be able to cut down on just those like those little ones where it's just sometimes inaccurate. And every quarterback is going to miss throws sometimes. And I'm not expecting Fields to be 100% accurate on all of his throws, but, you know, it's the little areas like that that are, that should be the easier things. And it's sort of the easier things that Dalton tends to hit pretty consistently certainly not not nearly all the time either and fields is, is getting already beyond a point like that on the easier stuff and then of course much better on the more difficult downfield stuff but we, I mean like we've seen fields execute perfectly throws that are extremely difficult on the run outside of the pocket rolling left floating into the end zone exactly where it needs to be or over the top on deep throws like those are the really hard rare special NFL throws that we see fields hit and like those are the ones that you can't just teach somebody you can't just sit somebody on the sideline and, and make them learn that you know what I mean he, like he does he does that and that's the wow stuff that has you so excited about fields even when the final stat line is 175 yards and maybe an interception or two right I mean it's like you, he does the amazing so like a, as he cleans up more of the simple that should get you more of that base level I mean statistical production which is is overrated and not a, a worthwhile sort of thing to get caught up and hung up on but I think that's sort of how you create that more full big picture from field is cleaning some of that stuff up some of that is footwork and I do think a lot of it is just practicing and playing with his teammates and being away from the injury certainly is gonna will not have helped in that department but he has been able to practice obviously this week and he was limited a bit you know practicing some last week he said he said he's not really anticipating being rusty because he has been able to practice 
I, I think that's a good mentality to have, but I do think there might be some, again, more of that sort of timing stuff that he's just re-getting back on the same page with receivers, especially now that, you know, receivers have been hurt and they've been calling up, you know, Isaiah Coulter and getting a lot more Jakeem Grant in there and Rodney Adams was playing last week. Like, Fields hasn't been practicing with those guys, presumably, <laughs> all that much. Maybe Allen Robinson will be back for this game and you can sort of get things rolling a little bit more that way. But, you know, I also want to see more passing to, to David Montgomery and more of the running game and, and not making Justin Fields have to be the hero at the end of the Pittsburgh Steelers game. And maybe the Packers game won't be a great example of, of that because maybe Green Bay will be farther ahead. But I'm really excited to see how Fields responds facing the same team now for the second time. What he does differently based on, you know, now he's more familiar with the Packers cornerbacks. He, you know, he's faced them once before. He's not learning a brand new opponent all week. It's like, oh, I remember these guys. I remember these tendencies. Let's see how might I be able to attack them slightly differently, knowing that they might attack him slightly differently as well. But being able to sort of respond and know and have a little bit more familiarity with the opponent I, I would be very curious to see, and I certainly think having Fields out there makes the Bears give, gives the Bears a much. I, I feel more not more confident that the Bears will pull off an upset, but just that like he's much more of a wild card at quarterback than Dalton to where never say never about beating the Packers on Sunday. Whereas it felt less likely that you could have that spark with Andy Dalton. But I don't know. I'm curious to see whether or not the injury is going to be a, a real factor for Fields in this game and, and, you know, puts another caveat on, okay, maybe this game isn't fully a reflection of where he is in his development. It's really been a season categorized by injuries for a lot of key Bears players, including one that we haven't gotten to really see much of yet. The offensive tackle, Tevin Jenkins, made his debut last week, still sitting on the bench. We'll kind of check in on his back injury, how he, how he feels now, and what he's getting from being on the bench as opposed to maybe trying to get in that lineup somewhere next on Locked On Bears. This episode of Locked On Bears is brought to you by our new friends at On Location. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. I can't believe it. It feels like <laughs> the NFL season's gone so fast, and now the big game all the way right around the corner. And On Location is the only place to score once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. They are the official hospitality partner of the NFL. So there's no funny business here, no backdoor deals. I mean, this is legit high-quality experiences that they put together. You get to select your exact seats for the Super Bowl and choose from just the most elite experiences, including an exclusive pregame celebration with legitimate NFL legends. There's, of course, five-star hotels in Los Angeles and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. I've always wanted to try some Wolfgang Puck creations. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information. Or if you just search the words Super Bowl on location, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. It's onlocation, O-N, location, exp.com slash SB56, like Super Bowl 56, or search Super Bowl on location. Looking at this Bears-Packers matchup in the sports betting world with our friends at betonline.ag. It's, it's been a heavily favored Packers matchup, and I don't know that the Justin Fields return is going to make a huge difference on the betting line, but if you want to bet on this game, betonline.ag is the place to do it. They've got all, the all of our favorite props, odds, and lines more than ever before as football season gets us closer and closer to the playoffs. And plus, they've got basketball, soccer, hockey, tennis, baseball season when that comes back, plus boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games all online. So don't wait to take advantage of all of their amazing offers, including this one. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code LOCKEDON 
and you're going to receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. They will literally give you extra free money to play with at Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We haven't seen Tevin Jenkins start this season for the Bears. They have not opted to put him into the Bears' starting lineup in lieu of Jason Peters at left tackle and, and Larry Borum at right tackle. And there's certainly a respect factor that has gone in there with, with Jason Peters being an established veteran who's played well, right? I mean, he, hasn't, he hasn't certainly earned any type of major benching. You know, there hasn't been that type of performance from him anytime recently. He's not a, a perfect left tackle, but he's certainly given the Bears some real stability there in recent weeks that has been reassuring and has helped things kind of shore up that spot where it was a real concern. And I thought, you know, Larry Borum has been playing particularly well. I thought he played a lot better against the Cardinals than I, or I had, I had fears. I had how about that. We talked about on Friday's game plan show that like maybe they would be able to attack Larry Borum with the likes of Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones, but he really held up, I think pretty well on that right side. We're seeing pretty good development from him. And so you don't, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, bench him just to get Tevin Jenkins in there because he needs the development too, Borum does, but it's tough because you want your second round pick, a guy who was a first round talent. You want you want to get you want to get Jenkins on the field. And you know, he did play two snaps of, of field goal and special teams, but that doesn't quite feel quite the same. But I think I mean we knew Jenkins coming out of the draft too just and the whole post draft interview process. He's a nice guy. He seems like a really genuinely kind of gentle giant human being off the field, maybe a mean streak on the field, but we, we got a, a decent update on what it's been like, I mean, he went over a full year between college and then the injury with Chicago not playing in a, in a game. And so he's kind of been making the most out of it, but it was, it was good to kind of check in on what the back injury was like, how this whole process kind of fell apart, even from OTAs maybe pushing it a little bit too much and finally getting back onto the field last week. Do you feel 100%? Yes, sir. You do. Yeah. If you were asked to start a game or play an entire game, you'd be, you'd be good to go clear medically the whole thing. Uh, yes, but that's entirely up to the coaches, though, of course. But it's up to them, and I trust their process of what they're doing and how they're handling the situation. And I'm just going to keep on going with what they tell me to do. Do you see that as a possibility, like getting it? I mean, you mentioned I, the two snaps. Do you, do you expect to get more, like, as an offensive lineman against Green Bay? Uh, personally, I'm still waiting to see how it all unfolds. Uh, I'm, I'm still, right now, still backing up uh, J.P., and just being able to learn from him as, you know, he's, of course, no secret that he's going to be a future Hall of Famer, of course. A great player, even great person. And just be able to uh, learn and, you know, get the knowledge that he's sharing with us. Just having that as an advantage as my career goes on, I feel that's a great thing for me. You take us back to, to June, um, I guess, whenever you started feeling those symptoms and then, like, what exactly played out when you got here for training camp and that I know you're trying to get back and then you eventually had to go to the surgery option? Yeah, well, there's uh, many different things we did before the surgery route, of course, because that was our uh, last resort. Uh, did a couple things. Uh, I'm not trying to give you guys too much detail about everything, but uh, uh, ultimately, ultimately it was different symptoms than what was going on in college. It's a whole different. It was a whole different situation, and what happened is just, it's just, uh, you know, I probably pushed myself out there a little bit faster now because I was had that urge to, I want to get back on the field. I don't care if it's just hurt, and 
maybe I did push a little bit too much and made it a little bit worse, and then that's what happened. How uh, ended up going on to get surgery? Are you talking about during training camp or back in OTAs? Yeah, training camp. Training camp. So did you oh, start? It, it kind of lingered between both. Did you start going OTAs? And, yeah. Okay. So it seems like Jenkins, you know, maybe maybe pushed it a little bit more, but you know, with with an injury like that, it's not necessarily like it's not the same as like a broken bone where it's you know it's just well it's a, it's broken and you got to heal. I mean, if if back if it starts to sort of back soreness and, and some pain, you know, that's how it was described early on to, you know, well, you kind of push through pain in the NFL is kind of what he was getting at there. And maybe, you know, as, as an eager rookie wanting to be out there, maybe pushed it a little bit. But, you know, you, do you really know at that time that you are uh, pushing it in a, in a detrimental way? It's one of the sort of gray areas, I think, of football recovery. But he, he did say a little bit later on that he hasn't felt this physically good as he does right now since he was 18 coming out of high school into college. So he seems like he's in a very good place physically, which then makes you wonder, like, well, maybe they should try and get him out there. But until they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, they're certainly not going to, you know, make a, make a change at, at, with Jason Peters at left tackle because, you know, again, he's the, the veteran Hall of Famer. I think I could make a pretty strong argument that, well, once they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, and really they should probably do it now, that, you know, Peters is a veteran who's here as a mercenary fill-in. He was a fill-in for Tevin Jenkins. We kind of talked about this during the bye week that, like, you know, you respect the heck out of him, but, like, hey, it's more important for the team to get Tevin Jenkins out there eventually. And even if your offensive line quality goes down slightly, getting Jenkins in there for Peters, you know, I think there's a, a, a argument to be made there for development. I mean, unless, unless you're really concerned about it hurting Fields' development, and that ends up being the, the most important thing. I, I don't think Jenkins is really going to get a lot from the special team snaps in particular. I do think he can get a lot from learning from and watching Jason Peters, but it's another one of those things where it's just like physically you do need to be out on the field against NFL-quality pass rushers. And, like, I know you're practicing against, you know, Robert Quinn, and, and, and it's not Khalil Mack, but, you know, Travis Gibson, and some of those guys are still NFL-quality players. But it's different when your quarterback can actually get hit and, you know, you actually have the pads on and are getting actually physical against an opponent that you don't really like, you know, unlike your teammates. So it's like he, he does – I, I think it'll be – I don't know if it's a shame if he never plays as his rookie season, but it, he'll definitely be missing something. By, by if he has ends up not playing on offense at all during his rookie season. And we talked before, too, that like it's pretty rare that Jason Peters finishes a full 17-game season completely healthy and doesn't miss games. And and so you know maybe there's a chance an injury could happen there. I'm not wishing it on Jason. I want Jason to be successful and to have you know, the best health and all that stuff. It's just statistically speaking, he's had trouble staying healthy for full seasons, and you would expect at that age of his career. So maybe there's still an opportunity for Tevin Jenkins to get out there. But it's clear that... It is in no no longer a, a health or physical decision for the Bears, right? This is not them saying, oh, well, we, we don't want to put Jenkins out there because we don't want to give him a full load because we're concerned about the back. Like he says he feels great. Everything is clear. He doesn't anticipate this ever being a problem again because the surgery really kind of cleaned up whatever was going on back there for him. So Jenkins is ready for full speed ahead. It's just a matter of when the Bears are ready for him to be full speed ahead in their offense. I think at this point it probably is going to take an injury to one of the offensive tackle spots or maybe somewhere else, an injury somewhere to shift the offensive line to find a spot for Tevin Jenkins in there. And we'll certainly keep a close eye out for when and where he might get some of those opportunities. Maybe he comes in at tight end the way Alex Bars did early in the season and then he could at least block a real opponent. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, he's not, I mean, you don't want to like, 
throw him off too much from my playing a tight end spot, but put him in on the goal line, you know, that type of situation. I think I think you can maybe pull some little tricks up your sleeve to get him some snaps out of the field. I hope the Bears get creative with it. I hope they find some ways to get him on the field, however they handle it. You can be sure we'll break it all down for you right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We're free and available on all platforms, whether it's you know any podcasting service that you use or on the YouTube channel. Appreciate everyone who's been following along, liking and commenting on those videos. Thank you for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today and every single day. Appreciate everyone who's been sharing their Spotify wrapped with us as well. It's the Spotify end of the year. It shows you, you know, how long or how much you've been listening to a, a certain podcast or, you know, it's, it does all your favorite songs too, but specifically in the podcast, we had Scott Lane post in the Locked on Bears Facebook group. He listened to 153 episodes of Locked on Bears this year for a total of 4,516 minutes. Incredible. I mean, that is a great amount of listening. And, and then commenting on that, Stan, Stan Deutschev, I really apologize if I, if I butcher your name there. He beat him out just barely 155 episodes for 4,599 minutes. So, I mean, it's really been incredible to see Devin Boone commented with Lockdown Bears as his top podcast on his list. Shane Walls commented with 181 episodes for 5,034 minutes. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. I, th- I mean, thank you so much for listening so much, for making me a part of your day, for making the Bears, for getting that Bears talk here. I, I hope it's a little bit something extra to help you get going, to keep you looped down your favorite team. Even when the team themselves are disappointing or hard to watch, I hope the podcast can be that treat, that to be the, the part of your Bears fandom that doesn't disappoint. And as always, I hope the Lockdown Bears podcast makes it easier for all of you to bear down. <laughs>